top strategies to starting a podcast and building long-term success. We got two audio comments from Kyle Wilcox, the host of the WWS EdTech Sandbox podcast, and a bunch more fresh comments from you this week. Well, welcome to the Spreaker Live Show. This is episode 129 on October 4th, 2017. And thank you so much for joining us. Uh, my name is Rob Greenlee, and I am the head of partnerships at Spreaker and Block Talk Radio. And uh, like I said, thank you for downloading us today and are just clicking play somewhere across the internet. There's also always lots of places to, to get this show. Uh, you can certainly go to our show website at SpreakerLiveShow.com. It's an easy way to get to us. And we also have an app on iOS and Android that you can listen to the Spreaker Live Show on. So if you just want to go to the app stores and each of uh, those major app stores, you can you can get the the app for this show and get access to all the archives and uh, actually listen to us live. Uh, as we do the show live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern from that website, SpreakerLiveShow.com and in our app. So you can check it out. But I'm joined by my co-host again, Mr. Alex Exum, who's the host of the Exum Experience podcast on Spreaker. He's been doing that for a few years now and uh he's a great podcaster and a great guy alex thanks for joining me again well thanks for the great introduction rob i always like to tell everybody uh who this guy is that's uh got so much passion on the show because he's such a great guy it was great to meet him in person down at podcast movement uh just was been a month and a half now time flies yeah, fast alex i also wanted to mention the next week um i'm, I'm going to be having a conversation uh, with Jay Soderberg, uh, who is the head of content for Block Talk Radio and Spreaker now. So he's going to come on and spend a few minutes w- with us on, on the show next week, too. So you're going to get a chance to meet him. He's been a longtime podcaster and uh, has run podcasting at some big big media companies. So he's he's got a lot of experience, and uh, we'll have him on the show to share s- some of his thoughts about the Block is Talk Radio. Is this the former... Pod Vader is his, is his kind Pod of Vader, right, name. the former yeah. CNN guy? C- uh, ESPN, sorry. ESPN. The ESPN side, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I met him at uh, yeah, I met him at Podcast Movement. Great guy, Pod Vader. Yeah. That's what I reckon. That's the only name I remember, Pod Vader. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's that's what he's most known under, right? He's got this right. pseudonym. He has this whole story that he'll tell about how he got that name, but it was actually given to him, I guess, by by someone while he was working at the ESPN related he has to explain the story we'll have him explain it next week when he's on the show but he's not really the dark lord or anything like that so i think he straddles that positive realm as well so he's on the positive side of the force as well as the dark side so he's we'll have to figure that one out you know exactly he's a little skywalker and a little darth we'll get this figured out so anyway on the show this week uh you know we've we've occasionally talked about starting podcasts and you know building long-term success but we wanted to run through it again because oftentimes we get new listeners and and as we alex we do podcasts we kind of evolve our experience and and it's always good to come back in and, and address those key issues that this show is really um, here to uh, to share. And that's how to start a podcast and how to build long-term success with it. I think it's it's really cuts to the, the heart, Alex, of 
why we're here and what the journey was that both of us went down to start the shows that we have that we are continuing to do. What's your thought, Alex? I mean, what's the first thing that you think about when you uh, think about starting like maybe a new show or when you started the show you're doing now, what did you, what was that initial thought that you had? Well, for me, I didn't have a whole lot of planning, Rob. I think, you know, people nowadays when they start podcasting, there's a lot more, you know, just the, every few years, right? There's more podcasting resources yeah. and there's more platforms and just easier ways to do it. I mean, just a few years ago, Rob, you know, I mean, podcasting in the cloud wasn't that big of a thing. There were a few companies out there doing it. Now there's, they're popping up all over the place and things like that. Podcasting strictly through apps, you know, Spreaker yeah. was one of the first ones that I knew about. And that's how I got started with Spreaker back in the day. But now there's more and more podcasting platforms and services and, you know, we could go on and on. So it changes really quickly. But when I started, you know, podcasting was still pretty much a big thing. This is going back five, six years ago, but it's kind of exploded, right? Even in that amount of time, Rob, when I started, Mm -hmm. a lot has happened. I mean, you go even further back than than I from like the ground roots. When I first started, I guess I am more of a passionate podcaster and we'll go into a little, uh, research I did in my own head five minutes before the show, which I came up with, which I shared with you uh, offline. Yeah. Yeah. But I am more of a passionate podcaster. And I think there's a bunch of different reasons why people get into podcasting. But when I first started, I didn't have a plan. I didn't plan it out like you'll hear. Um, there's a lot of services and a lot of people talking about it. We talk about it on this show, uh, podcasts about podcasting. There's other people who do it as well about planning a podcast, right? And I've even seen it at this point, Rob, people who before they've even done one episode, they have a website, they're building a mailing list and like a Twitter following and things like that just to launch the podcast, right? Like trying to amass a fun. We talked about this before. I don't know how smart that is. I don't know how successful it is because I've never tried it. And I don't know anyone who has. But we're just seeing different ways of people even starting podcasts, like putting a lot of research and 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 time and effort into finding out what the market's going to be, the demographic, you know, do you want to make money? Things like that. So I'm going a long way around it, but I didn't really start that way. I started off kind of in the wild, wild west way of thinking. And I said, I'm getting a microphone and I'm doing this. And actually, it wasn't even a microphone. It was the Spreaker Studio app, how a lot of our listeners probably started. I just downloaded the app and started doing it with my phone. And then once I realized I love this thing, then I started looking into building my audience, right? And I'm sure a lot of people are nodding their heads out there like like I did. You know, it was a ham-fisted approach at best. I'll put it that way. Things have changed and there's a lot of resources. So if you really want to launch a successful podcast, the research has been done. You know, there's people who will kind of show you the ropes on how to do this, not just us. And some people want you to pay. We're free. I suggest doing the free stuff. But I did it ham-fistedly, Rob. And I, I don't recommend doing it the way I did. I think that people need to figure out why they're getting into it first. And I wish I would have known it. I just, I realized, you know, years later I started because I was passionate about what I talked about. But later on, I realized I wanted to keep making money. I started making a little money, but I said, I want to monetize this more. But unfortunately, a lot of the stuff I talk about on my other show is not monetizable. Does that make sense? Advertisers are scared about my topics, put it that way. So uh, you got to think about that, Rob, right? I mean, you know, if you're doing a show that you, you want to make money, you got to are you, are you going to pick something very controversial? You know, are you going to start a, a podcast about illegal immigration in the wall? How yeah. many advertisers are going to touch that? You know? yeah. So. yeah, I think it's a challenge on that side. I mean, but at, at the very beginning, really, and I think, Alex, you really alluded to it from a, you know, probably a more granular level. It's, it's all about your personal goals. It's all about uh, what you feel comfortable 
um, doing. I mean, I think certain topics fit with advertising strategy and other topics are going to fit with more of a personal hobby or a consulting kind of relationship or maybe selling a product or something or a service. It gets back to what you want to create. This is a very creative medium. It's it's not a, a cookie cutter kind of thing. It's, it's you need to figure out what makes sense for you in your life and the amount of time you have to actually devote to this and to also just get really focused. And my phone is ringing because um, I can't turn it off right now. That's one of the other things that happens if you happen to have a phone in, in your studio and it goes off. Uh, it's not like I can just, you know, walk over and leave you hanging. I suppose I could. It would be a bunch of dead air, and Alex could start talking. But anyway, <laughs> that's that's the worst. Listen, if that's the worst thing that happens when you're podcasting, no, live. Seriously, when you're podcasting live, and that's the worst thing that happens when you can't stop. That is nothing. I mean, I've heard people like feeding their dogs, and uh, you know, the cats going, you know, uh, walking across the keyboard and knocking mics over. I've had the the leaf blower guys, the landscaper, oh, yeah. come over here, come over here with leaf blower and just start just. Whoa! Ten of them, like all around. Oh yeah, I've stop. had jackhammers. You're like, oh my god. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Jackhammers, and the neighbor is like, uh, I, I was trying to do do a show, and this guy was jackhammering his driveway out, and it was like right across, you know, oh, right gosh. next to my, my my window. So it was like, so jackhammers and, and leaf blowers. Yeah, those are about the loudest you're gonna get. And and lawnmowers are also not not the best. No, yeah, of yeah. sounds either, but. Uh, but anyway, that's that's a little distraction there. But that's also, you know, that that's the thing that comes up with podcasting. You're usually recording these things in your home or in places that uh, you know noises come up. We live in a very noisy world. I don't know if all of us really kind of think about it, but just walk outside. It's not quiet. I mean, I mean, in the evening it's oftentimes quiet, but there's like planes flying over. If you're in the city, you got like police sirens or Things are going on um, constantly, so it's hard to actually get a place where you can record in silence. But I know this is completely off topic, but um, no, but that's important. <laughs> I mean, it's part <laughs> of the don't, don't have, yeah, yeah, it's part of part of the process, and and finding a place that you can record that's maybe quiet, you know, that you know is going to be quiet is is important part of the process too. I mean, as you're thinking about where you're going to record too, that's also also really important. But but going back to personal goals. I, I think really just kind of getting in your clear mind why you're doing a show. And, and Alex, I, I think you were great about explaining about how you just kind of fell into it. It, it. I mean, a lot of times people don't start these things with with any idea that they're going to, you know, devote a lot of energy to it, a lot of time. It just seems like they they kind of fall into it a little bit. And to some degree that happened with me too. I mean, my own personal experience, I, I was – building a consulting business around search engine marketing. And I just walked into a radio station one day when I was driving past one of them and said, do you guys have a technology show talking about what's happening with the world, world wide web and the internet? And this was back in like 1999, back when that was still, still a thing, you know, when people were interested in that kind of stuff a lot. What's um, this internet thing? Yeah, exactly. People were curious. People were, you know, and that, that, that's also another key thing, too, is if you see kind of a, a trending topic, right, or something that's new. Like I've seen a friend of mine that uh, uh, he's a Hall of Fame podcaster, but he launched a show about, um, what was it, this Bitcoin thing that's that's been building for years now. But it's it's becoming more and more 
of a thing uh, every year that goes by. And if you can see these trend lines happening around a particular topic um, or a, a new opportunity out there, and I I jumped on it too. That was the same thing that happened with me. I jumped on it too. The whole world, world wide web and the internet. It was a topic that people had a lot of interest in, but they didn't understand. So the purpose of that show was to help people understand w- what this big society changing movement um, that was happening um, from a culture perspective, from a technology perspective. There, there's this. I mean, if you really think about how the world, world wide web and the internet has changed our culture and how all of us live our lives. It's, it's pretty amazing. And I could see that happening. I could see that coming. And, and other folks out there, you know, like Robert Scoble, I don't know if you're familiar with who he is, but he's been this evangelist around, um, um, the, these augmented realities, mixed reality kind of things that are coming as well. And that's like a big trend line into the future. So, so if you have a passion area or you have a hobby or an interest or, or something that you want to parlay into like maybe a, a journalism career or as a consultant or something like that, build a show that talks about um, the area that you want to move towards as you look to the future. If you have a goal that you want to be a, um, something, have some job or have some business in, in the future, you can start a podcast to build that expertise, bring on guests that can contribute to your knowledge as a host as well as, I mean, be selfish about this. Think about the show that you want to do for it to help you as a person first, and then use that as a way to help others. That's the pathway that I found is the most successful, um, is, is to do it that way. But if your goal is just to build a business and with your podcast, sell advertising, build a huge audience, so that's a whole other different type of conversation, I think. You need to think like uh, like radio had thought about. I mean, you need to think about a topic that's going to reach scale and not be so niche oriented. And maybe you need to get involved in other media out there. Maybe you need to get involved in television. You need to do video. You need to do get on radio shows and and really kind of get your exposure to build your profile of a of a expert or something or uh, just as a talent. Maybe you're a comedian. I don't know. Alex, what's your thoughts on this whole thing? It's it's very complicated, but it's also very focused on the individual. I, I think I have a pretty unique perspective just in the fact that I have the Exum Experience show, which yeah. is all my own, right? It's what's the right word? It's pure Exum, right? But it's it all way. you, I'm right? It's all you. It's all it's all me. I just it, yeah. I come up with the topics, I do the research, I turn the mic and I go. Then we have and I ne- that was a pure passion, right? Rob, that came that came from pure passion. Then there's this show, which, and I've said this before, and the listeners probably know, I'll refresh or say this for the new listeners. I don't do much in form of preparation for this show because you do the outline and pick the show topics because this is really, let's say a, you know, it's technically a business podcast, right? Because it's a Spreaker sponsored show, Yep. but you're doing all the work. In other words, yes, I'm coming in on it. But when I say all the work, I mean, you do the lion's share. I mean, let's be honest. You put the show notes in. You do what I have to do for my show, right? Sure. And so, and you know exactly what I'm saying because you said, well, you have that luxury when you do the new media show because Todd does all that work for you. So you get to just skate in like I do, right? So it's all symbiotic. Um, well, Todd, Todd actually work. doesn't do any show, show prep either. He just publishes the shows. That's the part that he uh, does. So he, he just pulls up a microphone just like I do. Oh, okay. All right. So great. At six so in the morning. I mean, he wakes up. Yeah. I mean, he wakes up at like five 30 in the morning on Saturday. What, what dedication, right? 
And, uh, well, I, okay, so here's yeah. – but what I'm getting at, I'm not trying to get into Todd's workflow. But, I know you're not. Yeah. <laughs> no, Todd's a great guy. I met him at Podcast Movement. It was like a, a half ad for Podcast Movement. But it's, it's very unique because I'm doing that type of research, show prep, the notes. I'm actually even getting in – I'll get into this later – some transcription, which I can share research with, with people that I just found out. So I'm doing a lot of work on my show. The research is 90% of it. Turning the mic on is the fun part. Um, but you're doing that for this show. So I, I get that kind of unique perspective to do just a pure passion thing where I'm doing a lot of work. Don't get me wrong. Or where I'm doing something that's more and podcasting is my passion. So don't get me wrong. But this is not just passion, but it's kind of fun, right? Because I don't have to do a lot of the other work. I like talking to you. I I, I love podcasting. So it's kind of like just a it's a passion, but it's more um, a luxury, I guess you would say. It's, I get to skate. I get to skate through it a little bit more than I, my other show. What I'm trying to get at, Rob, I don't know. This is coming out wrong. But what, I'm, what I'm trying to no, what I'm trying to get at is, if had I started my show initially thinking it through, like you did with this show, right? You didn't just turn the mic on and say, "I'm going to start talking about you know, uh, you know, your passion of, of podcasting or your passion of." Uh, you know, whatever you're interested in, sports, the restaurant industry, I know that you are a restaurateur, whatever, right? So if I would have started with that mindset, this would probably be a totally different show, the XM experience, not this show. The XM experience should probably be totally different because as I've said, advertisers have hacked my AdSense money. They All of my show topics, not all, but are controversial, a lot of them. And I can't really expect to make money through that show. Not that I do with the Speaker Live show, but let's say I wanted to do another show uh, about podcasting or some other passion that I, you know, that I'm interested in, I might tailor it a little differently, Rob, because I know that advertisers will find some of the show to- topics I talk about toxic. I just did one on the Las Vegas shooting and its connection with the prescription pill industry. I'm not going to get into it here. Go to the X-Men experience <laughs> to listen to it. No, well, now I'm curious. Never gonna, now I'm curious, Alex. You're gonna have to go. You're gonna have to go to my show. Oh, you want to? You want to know something? Because I looked it up right before the show. Because we're talking passion versus, you know, uh, I guess profits. Let's put it that way, right? When yeah. I do a show that will probably not be very passionate, or you know, and maybe profitable, and advertisers won't go screaming with their hair on fire from it, I'll get a couple hundred views, right? Rob, I just looked at the show, and this went through Spreaker, but it's on my YouTube channel. Two days ago, it's got twenty eight thousand listens. That's, that's a lot for me, Rob. That's impressive. Well, okay. That's passion. Now, if I talk about, and I'll go back, and let me just go back to some of my NFL, right? I'm not too passionate about it, but I, you know, I've got an angle on the NFL, right? This whole debacle of the kneeling. Yeah. 226 listens, 57 downloads. I mean, what does that tell you, Rob? When I'm freaking out and screaming in a microphone, go listen to the show. People listen. I don't know what it is, but it, it, passion sells, Rob. And, and that's why I love doing the XM yeah. experience. And I have not pod faded. I've been doing the show for five years. I've thought about doing 10 other shows with other people, Rob, other than this one, which I love. Guess how many I've done? None. The speaker yeah. live show and the XM experience. These are the ones I love to do. And the other ideas I've had with other people and things like that, we've talked about making money and, oh, there's people that we've got advertising. Oh, I've heard this before, Rob. We've got advertisers lined up. Then we're going to create a network and we're going to make all sorts of money. Yeah, you know, okay. It all sounds great. They, don't, they haven't even done a show. The, the network never gets, you know, they, 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 they haven't started the flipping things, Rob, a lot of yeah. the times. You've, yeah. I know you've heard all, you've seen all oh, this yeah. before. So, you know, for me, passion is what it's about. Now, I'm not saying I will never do a show uh, as a purely uh, uh, monetization type thing where I'm trying to actually start the show and make money and I have advertisers in mind. I've thought about it. But if I do, it's got to be something I'm passionate 
about as well. So I, I still think passion sells. We've talked about this amount of how many shows, but if you're going to start your show, make sure you're passionate and you have the right host. Like I, like Rob and I, you know, have found because how many times do you get somebody who wants to co-host a show? This always happens with me. And they, they never even, we never start the first show or that we can never connect or the time schedules or they, mm-hmm. they do one or they want to, you know, they get one or two shows under their belt and that's it. And they pod fade faster than, you know, lickety split. So life gets in the way sometimes and, and sometimes it just doesn't gel either. And it doesn't synchronize with people's life schedules and it's difficult. Not everybody is in a position where they can, they can do a podcast. I don't believe, you know, because of their family situation or, uh, they may have all the passion in the world to do this, uh, medium, but it just may not be technically physically or logistically possible. Um, I've gone well, through, it takes money. I've gone through <laughs> stretches of time when, when it didn't work for me either. So I haven't been continuously podcasting, um, for the last 13 years. There, there's been some breaks. I think I continued through like being guests on other people's shows, um, th- that kind of stuff. But as far as my own show, there, there was gaps of time when I didn't have my own show. Um, so, you know, life gets in the way. Yeah, no. And, and what I mean by that is no. And, and that, of course you could get sick, right? <laughs> you could get robbed. Yeah. Someone could steal your laptop. And I mean, what are you going to do then? Your house no, burns but, yeah, down and your studio's in there, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. And you, yeah, you got to stop for a while and come back on. And let me, I should backtrack. I don't want to say I've never pod faded. There is times due to illness and things like that, mainly my mother being ill, where I took time off. I mean, I didn't podcast for a month, maybe a month and a half. And I came back, right, and explained why I was gone. That happens. Life happens. I get it. Oh, yeah. I mean, people yeah. go away for a variety of reasons and just, you know, they don't have access to their stuff. Um, but what what I'm trying to say is it's a lot easier not to pod fade if you're passionate about it. But if you go, hey, we're going to make money about you know with this thing and you're Actually, you're going to have to spend money, right? I mean, you got to pay for hosting. Probably you're going to host a website, things like that. You can use the free account like Spreaker has, but eventually you're going to have to pay, right, Rob? I mean, how long can you go on a free account? You know, eventually if you're paying money, nobody's listening. You're not getting many listens and you thought you were going to make money at this thing. How long are you going to go, Rob? You know, most businesses lose money the first year. Are you willing to podcast for a year until you start getting advertisers? I don't think the average guy is. Yeah, well, I mean, a lot of of people do. I've heard many, many podcasts that uh, will podcast without advertising for a couple of years before they even consider taking on on an advertiser. I mean – it's not right. uncommon I, but I out the there, but it was to make money. I mean, if yes, the correct. If your goal money, goal was to to make money right away, I know I'm I'm working with a show right now that's that's uh, it's kind of a celebrity based show, but um, that wants to make money at the first episode. They want to get an advertiser on their first episode. Uh, Good luck. So I know, I know. I caution them about this too, but it's really well-known, well-named celebrities that are involved in this, and they well, they then of, they can probably get that. They kind of expect that kind of stuff. I mean, with all the things that they do, so that's the yeah, but you know what? That's the difference. But Rob, I think a lot of advertisers are realizing just because they're celebrities doesn't mean their podcast is going to be successful. How many celebrity podcasts have already? I agree. Dust. It <laughs> totally it totally depends on the content and, and that host's ability to connect with their audience and build a show. And it, it's not a slam dunk. Just because you've got, you know, 43 million Twitter followers, that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to have a successful podcast. They're two different mediums. Right. They're two different things. You know, yeah. Twitter is, 
You know, actually, the guy that's the main host of this, he's got like 43 million followers on Twitter, you know. Um, and, 43 million? Yeah, and the co-hosts or the people that are going to be coming on this show have like 67 million or some, some crazy number. I'm not going to mention who these people are quite yet because a lot of followers because the shows haven't launched yet. But but it's it's certainly uh, you know we as a sales organization or as a I'm consulting with these guys. I it, the same principles apply. You know you got to have an episode out there. You got to be able to share at least a a first um, preview launch episode that you can have an advertiser listen to to make sure that they want to be associated with that you know it's it's really kind of kind of a challenge on that side i I, will know and i've seen so many um this is not just podcasting but even radio rob you've seen it and a lot of times it'll be a comedian sometimes actors or just you know some people that have just they they think that they're going to be good behind on the mic and it can be a disaster and the same thing goes with podcasting a lot of i mean there's some celebrity podcasters that are just great yeah, you know, um, they're just they, for some reason they're just good in a podcast. But there's others that you know have come and gone, like we said. So just because they're a, a big name, I don't think that uh, is going to ensure success. Put it that way. Well, I mean, and maybe they're probably they're probably more likely to achieve some level of success if they have you know between forty and sixty million Twitter followers. But you and I both know that Twitter followers don't translate into listeners that well. So, um, exactly. you know, it's, yeah, right. it's, it's a little bit of a sketchy thing. I mean, I mean, one of these guys has more, more followers on Facebook than he has on Twitter. So it's like, these are like huge numbers, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're, those people are going to listen to his podcast. It's so there's no there, are, there are tech. There's no guarantee. And there are techniques and like entire programs on how to just get followers there's a whole science behind it so well, the you can fact buy them you too get, <laughs> you can buy them and, and anybody can do a twitter audit i think it's twitteraudit.com you put the username in it'll tell you how many fake followers are in their profile probably so you know there's easy ways to finding this stuff out if they really have the numbers i always say this but what i'm getting at is the the there are techniques and ways to get followers, like you were saying, and like followers doesn't always transition to people actually listening to the content or even sharing the content. It's almost you're, you keep you're mentioning um, social media platforms that keeps making me think of Instagram models, right? There's yeah. Instagram models, then there's professional runway models. They're two totally different animals. You yeah. know, there's very few transitions that, you know, don't get me wrong. Instagram models can make a ton of money and get sponsors, but they're not the same thing as these, you know, runway. It's a different modeling world, but they're not on the cover of the, the, the fashion magazine. Yeah. So it's just, you know, it's the same type of thing. Like they may have a huge following, like a lot of people do now, but it doesn't mean that they're going to get a bazillion downloads. Rob, I, I always say this about my own show. I don't have that many. I think I have like 200, 300 followers on Spreaker. I think I have more subscribers on Twitter. I have like a couple thousand on YouTube. I got like 5,000. What I'm getting at is that's not a whole lot of followers in the realm of things. I have millions of views on some of my YouTube videos. Some of my podcasts have thousands and thousands of plays and downloads. So, you know, where's the real audience, man? I don't really care how many followers I have. I want people to listen. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. And and share my content. Yeah, yeah, that's anyway. that, that's that's what this is about. And then, kind of, kind of the second part here, I want to I want to clip through these these top strategies. But uh, is research this passion topic that you have. Find out what your competitors are, uh, who's doing shows about a similar topic that you have an interest in doing. 
uh, and listen to those shows. Get get an idea of what's being done out there. What which of those shows is showing, you know, what appears to be some success? Are are they running ads in their show? Um, Got to get out there and investigate um, kind of the the landscape of of what your particular passion topic is and uh, see if it makes sense. Is there room for another one? You know, um, I think is an important thing to look at as well. And what's your expertise and your abilities? Are, do you have strong abilities around being able to, to host a show? And that may, if you don't, then, then that may slow your, your show growth down. Yeah. I think everyone's got a show in them. I, I mean, I think if, Everyone's got a passion that is podcast worthy, but it yeah. may only, in my opinion, sometimes it's only worth one podcast, Rob. So, like, then I'm they done. Be I'm, better as an interview. Yeah, yeah. I was just going to say some some shows pod fade because the the host just runs out of stuff to talk about. Maybe your your passion topic can be covered in forty five minutes and you're done. You know. So you need to think about those parts of things too. I mean, well, it needs to be something that's sustainable you, yeah. week over week for yeah. years, you know. Well, that's and that I think sometimes is the good thing about doing the shows that you and I do. Like my show, the Action Experience is news, current events, society, politics, right? I mean, that you know, there's always something juicy. And then I don't do show biz, I don't do fluff, I don't do entertainment, music, sports, I don't do any of that stuff. It's all I do some esoteric, some conspiracy theory, but it's usually society and culture, American society, culture, current events, and news politics. But uh, and that there's always tons of stuff to talk about. So on the and on this show, right? And it, this is, I guess, you would say, I don't, I don't like the word business, Rob. When we talk about this show, it's not really a business podcast. I guess like no, like an not. industry podcast, the podcast industry. I don't know what you'd call it, right? Um, it's more of an educational podcast. Yeah, that, how that tries to, to help? Maybe you know. Yeah, it's a how to. It's a it's a sharing of tips and and there's a lot of psychology that goes into what we do on this show too of how what people are thinking and how they're thinking through problems and how they're looking at solutions. I mean, that's what I do on a day to day basis. Problem solvers. I, I problem solve people that want to start podcasts. I mean, that's the big thing, and that's, that's what we do on this show. Yeah. Just like part three here is. You know, podcast recording and equipment, editing, hosting the audio, and publishing the audio. You got to have those things covered too. So once you figure out what the heck you want to do your show about and get that worked out, then you got to work on kind of the logistics of getting a show out the door. And well, that's and that's sometimes where people kind of the whole thing falls apart is because it takes a lot of work. It does, but and I was going to get to that is what's great about doing the show is because it's always leading to new topics because it's like an, an industry yeah. type show, a how to show, so it's always yeah. changing. So we, we always have a lot of topics to talk about, but yeah. it, sometimes you know I've seen this with certain television shows. So if you're going to do a show about a television show when the series ends, is that it? You know, um, or, or you know, fan shows, you know, uh, of certain series and things like that. So you gotta you gotta pick and choose carefully. I, I don't know that a lot of people when they first start put that much thought into it, and then sometimes they, they pod fade. Because like like my show, I, I think maybe I could have pod faded several times, Rob. When I think about when nobody was listening, especially in the very beginning, nobody cared. I was getting no traffic. You know, just it just seemed like I was just the you know lone voice in the wilderness and nobody was listening it's easy to get discouraged you know and so if you've got a topic that is really kind of obscure or uh or maybe saturated like you said earlier the market is saturated i mean there's a lot of shit i mean just even our 
uh, little niche here. There's a lot of podcasts about podcasting. I see this yeah. too, side issue, but this is coming up a lot, Rob. I don't know if you've seen this. Big trend is like crime shows, like true crime. I don't know yeah. if that's just me, but I've seen a lot of these lately. Yeah. Like shows about, you know, true crime and stuff. And some of them are really good. Um, but, you know, do you really want to get into that market right now uh, when there's so many different shows like that coming up? It's tough. It's tough to, for, to podcast to new podcasters, Rob. It's got to be tough if you just say, hmm, I want to get into this podcasting thing. What do I do? Because there's it's like sky's the limit. <laughs> Yeah, it's, there's a lot there's of so uh, options. Yeah, I mean, there's lots of choices that, that that you have to have to deal with. Um, you know, but I also think this is this is one of the best times to get into podcasting too, for a lot of reasons. Um, so it's it gets back to what's your what's your uniqueness? What what's going to make you stand out? And the the other thing too that I've learned just from personal experience is that success doesn't always happen right away. Sometimes it takes some time. And you never know when success is going to, I mean, now when I use the term success, I'm talking about kind of uh, fast growth. You never know when it's going to hit. For me, back when I was doing my radio show, those big hits were like um, the time that our show got mentioned in the Business Week uh, magazine um, as one of the the hidden treasures of the internet. Uh, just things like that that can they just come out of nowhere you don't even know that they're coming and then all of a sudden you're in a magazine that's read by millions of people and that drives a huge increase in your audience or like what happened with 9-11 my show got huge numbers when 9-11 happened Um, I have no idea why really but um, the day after the the World Trade Centers were knocked down my show went crazy because people were trying to find out information about uh, what happened there? And all these people came in and downloaded and listened to my show. I mean, I mean, I'm telling you, my audience like tripled overnight. So overnight, wow. yeah. I mean, it, I mean, yeah. it was like, I mean, you never know when something is going to hit. So your topic, especially if you're covering a topic that's maybe a a trending topic into the future, there could be, you know, that could blow up on you, and you may be the the podcast that's the authority and you know bitcoin technology or whatever you know and and it just blows up because everybody's interested in it all of a sudden so you never and rob yeah and i I think a lot of the reason for that is because people really want to hear your opinion you've got your faithful listeners right who have been listening to you and they go oh boy like i know i mean i've heard in the comment section i've seen it on on some of mine like oh i know alex is gonna have something to say about this right because they know I'm going to probably hit the ceiling when I, you know, when I do my next show, <laughs> yeah. and that's usually the kind of shows that they'll share yeah. or will kind of trend to do better. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it's in the everyone's talking about it. It's trending. I mean, you can go. This is one I talk about this all the time. This is why I think my last show did so well. It's a Las Vegas shooting. Everyone's talking about. But if you go to Google Trends, it's a little trick that I do every so often when I'm, you know, just trying to spike my numbers, and I think it's good to get new listeners that way. Um, just go to Google Trends and see what people are searching and are really interested in. And it that will tell you right there what the world is talking about. And you can really target it to North America, the UK, wherever, um, and do it by different topics. You know, it could be, like I said, society, culture. It could be a sporting thing, whatever you're you're talking about. So it's very helpful. And if I'm telling you, just do a little experiment and go there and say, well, I'll just, you know, I'll pick a topic or two, find a way to incorporate it and make that the headline of your show. It's got to be, you know, 
that headline of your show and you got to use the right keywords, right? You got to use all the tricks, the hacks that we always talk about to get the, the traffic. But when you do that, you'll see huge spikes. Anytime there's any kind of conspiracy theory or I hate to say it, but mass shooting event, because I always talk about how prescription pills are related and things like that. I see spikes in my numbers because people know I talk about this all the time. Or if there's any kind of um, local thing coming that happens here in Long Beach sometimes. You mentioned, Rob, that article that they wrote about uh, the show, which is huge. I mean, they get millions of you know views, and I'm sure a lot of people listen to the show after that because of it. And I've talked about how just on Spreaker, if you are on the featured section of Spreaker, right, just the homepage, and you just happen to be there with your logo, you're going to see a spike just from that. So imagine if people are searching on YouTube or Google and your podcast comes up, you know, number two or three or four. I mean, it it really helps. So, I mean, that's just one way, a little trick to boost your numbers and a good way to figure out if you're if you're podcast when you're starting your podcast if it's even worthwhile right rob if you start searching your topic and find out that like nobody's really looking on google trends or google search uh then you know maybe maybe you might want to rethink what you're going to be talking about (laughs) because nobody's looking for that content yeah i mean i knew a guy that and maybe i've mentioned this in the past too a guy that uh started or wanted to start a um a podcast about pool cleaning so you start thinking about that. I mean, I mean, he was really scared about. I'm sorry, you broke out. up a little bit, Rob. Oh yeah, yeah. I had a guy, guy that was you said talking that podcast about uh, pool cleaning, cleaning, pool cleaning. cleaning. Pools. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. So so. Gotcha. I heard it. Yeah. It's kind of like one of those topics that you, you just you know. I mean, it was a show that was being produced up in Seattle, which there, there aren't any pools really in Seattle. Um, so you have this kind of. Um, this kind of struggle around what the topic is and how many people are really interested in learning how to, to best clean their pools. I, I would think that there's probably a, a you know, a, a large number of people down in Southern California that might have an interest in knowing how to better clean their pools. But, but the issue is, do those people, would those people be willing to listen to a podcast to learn that? So you have to kind of assess your topic area and how it fits into people's lives too. And now, I think to some degree, the show that you do, Alex, is a little bit unique in the world because you're you're able to tap into topics that um, can range a lot. Mm-hmm. But the key thing that you're doing is you're tapping into big trends that are happening, right, uh, or big topics that are happening um, at, at the time, and that you're you set yourself up into a genre of content that enables you to tap into those big swings of of large numbers of people's basically attention and focus and that can drive your your audience so as you think about that um it but your show is you know alex i mean how has your show been able to to do around monetization are you able to monetize that that show and those spikes i struggle with it and you know that's one of my biggest problems with youtube because they absolutely they call it the adsense apocalypse pulled the rug out from underneath me now and i keep saying you know i don't want po- our listeners to think that you know i'm making millions of dollars by doing the xm experience i was making a couple hundred bucks a month but hey that i could buy new mics right rob i was getting yeah. new mixers i was upgrading you needed another microphone to do interviews yeah. uh you got to pay for your hosting right you got to pay for your website i mean this stuff adds up sometimes when you start building your show yeah. so as my show got bigger and i got more listeners 
and I was making some AdSense money. I said, hey, you know, I'll, I'll you know, make a little extra money. I'll, I'll reimburse in the show, get logos, you know, intros, voiceovers, things like that. Well, I had to cut back on some of that because the show is no longer sustained. It is sustaining itself. I'll say that much because you only yeah. need a couple – you know, you only need, you know, I don't know, 30, 40 bucks a month, I guess, to pay for your hosting and all that stuff. I don't, you know, I forget what the, well, the pro account that I have, no, it's more. But what I'm getting at, it was just yanked from underneath me. I'm making like 20 to $30 a month, Rob, from AdSense, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, compared to what I was making, it's like, it's, sometimes I'm like, is it even worth it? So I don't even do show, like the show I did for Vegas, they already demonetized it. The first, it's the first thing they did was demonetize it. And now here, and then here's the other thing. I don't want to go on a rant here, but I'm going to go on a rant here. They send you this thing that says we're demonetizing it. And they say, we won't even review your video until you, after you've had a thousand views, right? So I wake up the next morning, it's got like 14,000 views or something. I'm like, oh my God, I got to, you know, I want to, that's worth some money, Rob. So I go, all right, I submit the thing. Then now it's pending, right? So it doesn't even matter. I submitted it, uh, what's today? I forget, yesterday or whatever. So now it's like, it's still pending review. I'm sure they get a lot of these. It, so like now it's up to whatever it is. I said 20, whatever thousand views. And it's still not earning any money because these bastards at YouTube arbitrarily just said, well, we just don't think advertisers want to use it. And then there's a notice on there. I just looked recently. I'm sorry. It says it may or may not have ads or no ads or probably none. Like that's their explanation, literally what they say until it's been reviewed. So, I mean, it's just ridiculous. Now, look, it's the exact same topic that CBS, NBC, Fox, they're all talking about monetizing, getting, you know, getting their share of the cut. Right. But yeah. my video, because I'm a little guy, I'm Alex Exum with the Exum experience. Oh, no, Mr. Exum, we need to review it. Your content has been marked controversial. We've already demonetized hundreds of your videos. You don't like it. Take a hike. That's their that's their answer to you. Seriously. And after years of them, like, you know, monetizing my video, at least two years, and, and I start building up my channel and doing content specifically to make money. Right. Specifically yeah. for YouTube, I was making videos that weren't podcasts. They just pull. I'm sorry for ranting, folks, but they pull the rug out and that can happen to you. Just so you know, we should do a whole show about what's going on with advertising. And, you know, you have no control over it. If they just deem your show a little controversial. No, we're just pulling, and this happens to not just me, folks. It's happening to the big guys. It's happening to a lot of bigger broadcasters and YouTubers and podcasters. I'm sure podcasters. So anyway, my little rant on that. You shouldn't have asked. I don't know what you even asked. <laughs> <laughs> well, we know what you were talking about. Yes, definitely. I've been, having, I've been yes. having issues with advertising. That's what the question was. Yes, exactly. Is that but as far as <laughs> – yeah, as far as um, kind of getting getting your show off the ground with you know recording equipment, I would just stick to a really low low, low cost microphone, like an ATR twenty one hundred or something like that to get started with. Keep your equipment very simple. Maybe use your phone. Uh, just start out very simple. Kind of build your expertise, build a little bit of following, get your show format down, get your publishing process in place, get a get a podcast host like like Spreaker or whatever host that you decide to choose. There's plenty of them to choose from out there. And uh, just get your show going. Get it get it launched. Um, I would recommend doing, let's say, like a promo episode. So just, just recording like maybe a 30 or 45 second um, clip saying this podcast is going to launch on this date and these are the topics and this is a little preview of what to expect. And get your show out in all of the distribution platforms with that because you usually have to have one episode to get it out into iTunes and get it out there. Push it out there. Um, build a little bit of a of a buildup for the launch of the show. 
uh, get the word out before you launch and just kind of spread the word to your community and what you are trying to do the topic area and say that you're about to launch this show and it's going to have this when it launches on this date and build a little bit of a launch event around the beginning of your show and that'll kick you off. I would, I mean, if you're going to do this, I would make sure that your episode is as good as you can make it uh, right out of the gate. Because the, the other end of the spectrum is, is that if you want to start out kind of small and build up to it, uh, which is also a good strategy too. If you're new to podcasting, maybe that's the best approach um, because you may not produce the best episode right out of the gate. So you may not want to do a heavy promotion of something that maybe isn't your best work. So you kind of have to assess where you are and your abilities to produce something. But if you're, if you're confident and you think that what you're going to produce is, is going to hit the mark, um, do a bunch of pre-promotion on it. But if you think that you're still learning and that maybe your audio isn't of the quality or whatever, then start out a little slow, build up to it, put out an episode, don't promote it, uh, get some feedback from people listening to it, whether it's your friends or relatives or whatever, and improve it for the second episode. And then maybe some point down the line, maybe episode three, four, or five, you you do a bunch of big push out to your social media or out to um, build some, some awareness for what you're doing. Uh, so Alex, any advice on, on, on launching a new podcast? Just the one thing that you said there about having your friends and family maybe listen first. Uh, that's a double-edged sword. I find that sometimes mm -hmm. they can be your, you know, your, your biggest fans, but sometimes they can be your harshest critics. <laughs> well, they can so, be, or, be or they can just patronize you and just tell you, Oh, it sounds great. So yeah. just, and it just, sucks. Yeah. Just, so. just make sure that you do get, um, honest feedback from people. And I think, um, ask for that specifically. Don't, don't, you know, make sure that they, they understand that you are expecting them to give you honest feedback, not just fluffy feedback. Cause that can happen to you too. Right. You, you get a bunch of yes men. And the other thing that you mentioned about having like a pre-plan and everything, we've talked about this before, but I, you know, being now that I've done two podcasts, right, for a while, I think the approach of maybe pre-launching, like you said, there is what we did a show probably, I don't know, four or five months ago, six months, who knows, where I was like, I don't know about that whole thing. I've seen a little trend where people are like really trying to promote. And these are sometimes first time podcasters, Rob. So you got to be careful, like you said, who are promoting something, you know, months in advance. And I was like, I don't know, that's a good idea because – you know, if you get me to the page and there's nothing to listen to, am I sure to come back? You know, I may just yeah. come check it out. Oh, there's nothing to listen to. Bye bye. I can't subscribe. So or maybe an intro would be good or a trailer so they can at least subscribe. I don't know. Yeah. Rob, but what I'm getting at. Yeah. So you could there's ways around it. But now that if I if, let's say I was going to do another show and launch another podcast, especially with another co-host or something, I may go that route because I could pre promote it on two different shows, right? So yeah. you could maybe get a mailing list going or have an intro show and they can subscribe and okay, but you know, it's not starting until 2018, January 1st, whatever. Uh, maybe I would do it that way. But like you said, you got to be careful. You better be, better be good. Because what if you build up all this hype and people, I mean, woo, that wouldn't be good. Crash <laughs> and burn time. Yes. <laughs> but there's worse things that could happen. Yeah, well, hey, hey, Alex, let's uh, let's let's talk about some listener comments that that we've gotten in. Sure. Uh, we got a couple of audio comments in that that we want to play play through. I know your your insistence of getting audio comments is uh, paying off, Alex. I appreciate. It. 
Thank Appreciate gosh. I, I'm, I'm so happy for that. Well, I'm glad people are doing it and taking it seriously. I look yeah. forward to more. Yeah, so we got so far. Yeah, it's been it's been great, and I'm going to play a couple for us here um, before we wrap the show. But uh, most of these comments are related to last week's episode, episode 128. Um, worried podcast advertisers. So we tapped into a variety of different topics on that show. It wasn't just about talking about podcast advertisers, but uh, uh, we got a a reply back because Steve Carter, who sent us the audio comment last in last week's show. Uh, he, he wrote, he said, uh, Robin Alex, thank you for the clarification on the YouTube plays. Cause he asked about whether or not the YouTube plays were counted in the Spreaker CMS stats and, and they do. And, and he, he does say, uh, he's at the first level of pro service on the Spreaker platform. Um, that means that he gets basic listener stats. Um, so yeah, so he doesn't, um, uh, get access to the uh, source of listens, um, so uh, all right, yeah, right, so he right. would have to upgrade to the advanced level, I believe, to get access to that. Um, uh, so that's a different, that's a little higher level plan. Um, and, and he said that he does see the daily bar graph of listens of plays and downloads, and he can go in and look at the, the plays around the individual episodes. So that's, that's uh, great. Um, but it's not that important to him. Um, but he'd rather have um, more comprehensive stats, you know, at least that would be great. And I, I agree. It'd be awesome to have access to that. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm looking at the plans here. I'm not sure at what point you, let me just look here. Yeah. It's not entirely clear in there. It doesn't say exactly what, what stats you get with each level. And maybe that's a clarification uh, that we should add to the website. Uh, so people understand. Yeah, I don't see it here, Rob. They're subscribing at the base level, uh, then they get access to this and this and the next one, and the next one. So they can choose which, which stats programs that they, they would want to get access to. Uh, I am not an expert. You, you would know better than I, or maybe you'll have to clarify later, but I would probably guess that the on-air talent doesn't and, and broadcast or anchor or station does from what I'm looking at, but that's just yeah. my guess. He, so yeah. I'm, he's probably just got the on-air talent, but you, you could tell us if <laughs> the commenter could tell us if we're wrong, but I'm just assuming. Yeah. Well, he also, uh, I guess, appreciated our kind comments about his voice and website. So, so that's all good. And yeah, great voice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was fantastic. So, Steve, thank you so much for the comment. I uh, appreciate it. Uh, we really appreciate your engagement in the show, too. And please keep the comments and, and thoughts coming, and we will uh, keep talking about it as you have topics that you want to talk about. So, great. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Steve. Yeah, so let's let's move on and play an audio comment that we got from Kyle Wilcox, and he has a uh, a podcast on the platform as well. Uh, let's see, did I put it in here? Uh, I thought I put it in here, but maybe I didn't. He has a a show about he has a show about uh, I believe it's the educational technology stuff. I think it's up here. Yeah. It's uh, the name of the show is the WWS EdTech Sandbox podcast, and I believe he t- he talks to educators about educational technologies. So let's let's play his first comment. He's uh, talking about uh, getting audio feedback into a, a program. So let's play that now. Hello, Alex and Rob. My name is Kyle Wilcox. I do uh, technology for a school district in the Indianapolis, Indiana area. 
and this year we have just started doing a lot of podcasting, and we I think we have five, uh, four podcasts published so far, and many more to come, all on the Spreaker platform, and so you'll probably be hearing a lot from me. And uh, my first comment is uh, about the ability to leave comments. I would love to get a way to have um, people that listen to our podcast to be able to leave voice comments back. Um, and so um, there is an app that, it, like a walkie-talkie type app, that is called Voxer that a lot of people use to uh, uh, communicate with voice comments. And then also you may, you may have heard of SpeakPipe, which you can integrate onto a website um, to allow people that visit your website to leave voice comments. And so I think it would be cool if Spreaker would integrate either of those two or both of those into the comment section on the um, Spreaker page for the show so that people could leave us voice comments. And then, um, you know, maybe if, you know, that integration is not um, forthcoming immediately, maybe um, we could do like a Voxer uh, community group. You can do groups in Voxer and maybe that could be uh, a Voxer for the Spreaker live show listeners to uh, chime in and, and add their comments in there. So that is my uh, my first uh, thought, uh, kind of audio comment for you guys. Thanks for the show. Yeah, Kyle, thanks for the comment there. Those two tips uh, around those two apps and platforms, one called Voxer and SpeakPipe. I've I've been familiar with SpeakPipe for, for a while now, and I know, uh, but Voxer I, I wasn't familiar with, and that's at uh, voxer.com. And SpeakPipe is at uh, SpeakPipe, just how it sounds, uh, .com. And they, the SpeakPipe platform has a free voice recorder. That one's been around for quite a while uh, as, a, as a way for people to record in an app or on the web uh, an audio comment. So that's something that I'll put a link to in the, the, the show notes, as, and, um, and we'll see if... Um, if we get any comments coming back through that, I did sign up for Voxer, so I'm I'm, I'm in the middle of trying to investigate uh, how that all works and how that could be integrated into the kind of kind of the speaker kind of um, description area. Uh, so maybe we can we can try and um, fold some of these technologies into getting comments back from from the listeners to the show. So Alex, any thoughts? Yeah, SpeakPipe I was familiar with. Uh, thanks for the comment, by the way. And I actually went and listened uh, to his show. He's got a, a new show on Spreaker. Um, and he did an interview with oh, oh, Dr. I forget who it was. I'm sorry. But about podcasting and what they're doing in the school. And it was a good show. Um, I really got to tell him I really like the intro music. I'm kind of a, a retro wave fan. And I kind of like the 80s uh you know, arcade music in the beginning, but I was not familiar with Voxer and I'm glad you signed up, Rob, because I signed up. So follow me or I'll follow you and we'll find each other. I'm get to take a wild guess, Rob. It's Alex Exum uh, is my uh, username. Mine is and we'll find Rob each other. Greenlee. Mine is just Rob Greenlee. So I'm not hard to find. Yeah. yeah. And it looks good. It looks a little different though than SpeakPipe. SpeakPipe was great for leaving messages pretty much on the web. I didn't know they had an app, never used it. But Voxer is kind of like a walkie-talkie messaging yeah. app. Same type of concept, I guess, but maybe a little more robust. So I did sign up. We'll see how it is. Um, yeah. It might be something I want to incorporate in my show, The XM Experience, and say, hey, leave me a message uh, and I'll play it on the show type thing like you know we're doing. Um, I did have that on my website for SpeakPipe at one point, but 
Uh, did, I got a few, but not many. So Voxer may be a little more user friendly. So I'm going to check it out. Thanks for the tips. Um, and I, I love the audio comments. I don't know what, you know, there's something special about on a podcast playing audio comments. So folks keep them coming. You know, it's great to get the, the text comments too. Don't get me wrong, but you're podcasters. So turn your mic on, leave us a comment. Uh, yeah. Don't you get it sick does, of hearing our voices all the time? Yeah. It does seem a little intuitive, doesn't it? Right. Um, to actually do it that way. Um, Kyle also sent a second comment to us. Um, and it was kind of, kind of a suggestion around doing a live uh, video show too. So let's, let's play this now from, from Kyle. Hello, this is Kyle again. My next comment is about creating a video podcast. And my suggestion for that would be uh, to use the Google Hangout feature inside of YouTube. So previously, um, you, you Google Hangouts let you record your show um, directly from their platform, but they kind of change it up. And in order to do that, you need to go into um, your YouTube channel and then go to the Creator Studio and then go to the live page and then uh, or the live streaming section and then create an event and then choose Google Hangouts as you're an event and it will create an event for you and then you can uh, start. Uh, doing just the traditional normal Google Hangout and it will automatically re get recorded and saved and published on your uh, YouTube channel um, just like a traditional uh, Google Hangout would. Um, so that would be my suggestion for creating a video show and um, I've been on some shows that have done it that way um, and I've done some tests that way myself but we're getting ready to try to start using that a little bit I think here in our uh, school as well. So that would be my tip for the video show. All right, Kyle. Well, thanks for the tip on creating a video show uh, using Hangouts uh, through through YouTube. So, uh, Alex, are you familiar with uh, what he's talking about? I'm not really using that right now myself. So, yeah, is that something uh, you've done. Yeah, I, I have. If you're doing video, that's great. Um, I don't do a lot of video. Um, the videos that I do are usually showing my screen cap or it's just a podcast that was pushed out to video through Spreaker, mm -hmm. through that mm -hmm. functionality. Um, but yes, I am familiar with it. The only thing I would say about that, sometimes the audio quality and video quality can be a little wonky. And for that reason, I think Spreaker sometimes is a little better. But yeah, I appreciate the tip. Some people don't even know that you can do that um, in YouTube or Google Hangouts. So it uh, the quality's gotten a little bit better too recently, and uh, they're putting a little bit more effort into it. So yeah, yeah. I think I know whenever you're suggestion. blending blending two platforms like that, it can be it can be a little confusing about how to get it set up and how to get it to work because there's like setting in one place, and then but when you go over to this other place, you can you can benefit from. It. I mean, and it's probably Google doesn't do a great job of. Um, explaining to people how to do some of these things. No, it's a terrible, they do a terrible job because I have yeah. Google voice and sometimes if you're in like, it's like, so am I using my Google voice or my Google hangouts? And I have it on my phone and I have it on my computer. So sometimes yeah. my cell phone will ring, which I have a separate cell phone number, right? But my Google voice number is a lot more public, which I can give out yeah. to just about anyone. So sometimes I don't know where the call is coming from. My computer will ring, my phone. It's like, which one do I pick up? Google? What do I get? Come on. They, they've got to merge that somehow. And this is not a, a uh, combination on his comment. I think it took a comment, but just, yeah, Google makes it a little wonky, Rob. So for the average user, it may be a little confusing. 
Yeah, and he's, the he's whole, more tech savvy, you know. Yeah, the whole combination of uh, publishing, you know, live or to to YouTube, and then going into Hangouts and publishing. I mean, it's it's, it's kind of duplicative, right? I mean, it it, it feels mm-hmm. that way. It feels like well, there's two different ways to get video up to Google, right? Um, and it's like, well, why is there two ways of doing that? Why didn't they integrate YouTube into, you know, Google Plus, you know, versus yeah, they need to Hangouts. Hangouts and YouTube. I know at one point I thought they were going to blend those things together into one thing. They were going to make it all one experience, but I guess they just haven't made it fully happen yet. So, well, Kyle, you kind of is. It's halfway. Sorry. Yeah. Kyle, thank you for the comment uh, on that and, and, um, thoughts on, on doing that. I think a lot of podcasters, uh, would like to do video. And so that certainly, it sounds like an, maybe a good solution for, for some that want to want to create some video that way. So thanks again. And if you have any other comments, please send, send them to us. Uh, you know, a great way that we've been starting to see these audio comments come through is uh, just links off of um, the comment section. If you go to speakerliveshow.com and just drop in. So let's say you upload your audio file up to maybe OneDrive or, or, uh, Dropbox, whatever, and just drop in a link to that audio file into your your thing, or put it on your server if you're hosting somewhere, and just give us a a link if you're a podcaster. It's pretty simple to do if you have, especially if you have like a WordPress blog. You just FTP it up to your server and send us a you know a direct link and drop it in the. I mean, you don't even have to send us the audio file itself, which you're always welcome to do. Just um, just attach it to an email uh, and just send it to rob at spreaker.com. And and I can grab it that way as well. And, and Alex, I know they can, they can send stuff to you too, right? Uh, Yeah. Alex at uh, alexexum.com. You can find me uh, on Twitter at alexexum, my YouTube channel, please subscribe youtube.com slash alexexum. And I have a website, alexexum.com. So I'm pretty easy to find. Okay. Awesome. We got a, a few other comments from Tamara Ford, uh, the self addiction podcast and Linda Irwin actually wrote us quite, quite a bit too. Um, here, here this past week on a, on a variety of topics. And we'll just cover a couple of them here. Um, Tamara wrote, my podcast is 90, 97% clean. Cause we talked about kind of like, uh, content issues that makes advertisers a little nervous. And so she's talking about, you know, that 97% of her stuff is clean. (laughs) I wonder about the other 3% though. It's a a curse word uh, may slip out once in a while from a guest or myself. Not often. I I actually sort of cringe a little when it slips out. I think most people do. I think, I think Alex, I think we even talked about bleeping it. Um, as kind of like a fun thing to do with any kind of uh, uh, curse word, if you want to call it a curse word or four letter word that pops into a podcast. So, any thoughts on that, Alex? There, yeah, keep it. Tamara, the, I agree with Tamara. And then Linda uh, Irwin writes, I also prefer Skype to Google Hangouts um, for, for video call recording. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, I mean it's the quality's better. It's just better. Yeah, I think Skype is a much much better way of doing any of this stuff. Um, um, so I appreciate all all the comments, Linda and Tamara. I know there was many others in there, um, and I appreciate it. 
So keep the comments coming. Well, Thanks, Alex, I, I think we're going to wrap it up for this week. So any kind of okay, last great, thoughts, great. Alex? Uh, no, just uh, for any new budding podcasters, you might want to go back and uh, check out some of the archive uh, evergreen content here on the Spreaker Live Show because there's a lot of good stuff that we kind of uh, – brought up uh, uh in this show that we touched upon but we go a lot more in depth on some of the previous shows so yeah, just a little exactly tip. well yeah and and certainly send me an email if you have a comment or question uh send it to rob at spreaker.com and we certainly appreciate you being here and spending time with us uh you, spreaker also has a blog blog.spreaker.com and go to spreaker.com and and check it out this show has its own domain name, uh, speakerliveshow.com, so you can definitely check that out. We're here live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern. And so thank you so much for uh, spending your time w- with us this week, and we hope to have you back next week. Thank you. Thank you.